Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Aha. Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, come on. Ah, uh, yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah, you know. Uh. How are you this yeah. week? Well. Th- Toys for Bob is dead, and so I am too. We're not doing so news good. anymore. It's depressing. I know. Yeah, exactly. I just look at it and I think Tony Hawk 1, 2, dead. Well, Tony Hawk 3 and 4, dead. That's Spyro, Spyro 4, not happening. Yep. It's Crash all dead. Bandicoot, put him back in the hole. Vito Spadafori walked up behind him and plugged him in the head. Blamed oh, it on Christ. drug dealers. Well, I guess that brings us to our next segment. Uh, that was news. <laughs> now let's talk about The Sopranos. All right. So, yeah. Sure, why not? Or a gobble to sift through on this episode of the podcast. Kicking I it finished... off. Not burying See... this in the middle like we usually do. <laughs> no. You start on a banger. We figured that out after doing, like, what, two years of a podcast? Impossible. We'll never learn yeah, anything. Well, you know. That's definitely true. Uh, yeah, I finished season three of The Sopranos. Uh, this I... is where you told me it got good. Yeah. Do you disagree? Maybe you're right. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? I think that I think some of the stuff in season three just kind of feels like it doesn't really go anywhere. Terribly interesting. And by that, I mean the investigation into Tony. But there's a reason why that didn't go anywhere. Terribly interesting. Yeah. And it's because the actress for Mama Soprano died, like, before the season started. So they, like, briefly set stuff up, because that's where they left off with season two, was getting this, like, this whole investigation of theirs into drive. Uh, And then it goes on for, like, maybe two episodes, and then they don't come back to it until the end of the season. Yeah, they come back to it later. Um, Like, the four and five, they have a lot more about that. Um, specifically yeah, and I'm with like, one of the characters But yeah it's understandable yeah. That that kind of threw them off And so instead they were like eh, We're going to divert our attention We're going to bring in uh, Joey Pants And uh, yeah. Jackie Jr. Who is an idiot who writes ass in Scrabble um, <laughs> Yes like I don't like Jackie Jr. As no, a character of course not. Like at all He's just awful and he's kind of like a nothing character. His whole thing is like you think he wants to treat Meadow, uh, his girlfriend, uh, well, but then he immediately turns around, starts selling ecstasy, and being an absolute dipshit. Yeah. Uh, and his whole character arc is he's too much of a dipshit to live. Yeah. He's like <laughs> so, even dumber than Christopher, somehow. Yeah, amazingly. I guess like the one benefit he has over Christopher is he's not doing heroin. Yeah, so it, it could be worse, I guess. But like Christopher, at least has enough of a handle on things that he's able to stay alive, at least well, so far. 
I don't know. I mean, eventually, maybe Christopher. I mean, yeah. I would say being Tony's cousin is the reason Christopher is still alive. Like, sure. in, in fact, Jackie Jr. gets a little bit of that protection just from being related to Jackie April Sr. Uh, yeah, but... but definitely by the end of the season, that Tony's yeah. <laughs> patience for him wears out. Well, when and I, when I really he... like the play that Tony has at the end to address his Jackie problem. Well, when he uh, got the bright idea of robbing their card game, uh, that was kind of it for yeah. him. He shot. Yeah. He got Furio shot. That's an excuse. Yeah, he hurt my boy. Yeah, poor Furio. I need to go on a like, little side thing about Furio. Uh, I've been checking OK Cupid periodically because you know. <laughs> okay, you're looking for your own Furio. So there's this guy on there who looks like a young Furio. Oh. It is the craziest fucking thing in the world. And then under his like, what kind of stuff he likes? The first thing is, I've been watching a lot of The Sopranos. <laughs> Do you think he intentionally styled himself to look like Furio? I'm not. He got. He has like a leather jacket. He he looks like okay. Furio. So I don't know. I'm thinking maybe. Thinking maybe. I think I might need to make a connection here. You, you got a B on your hat. Yeah. I mean, if you unmatch with him, he might send you a message like Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck. Did what? <laughs> so, some lady was like on a. I don't know what dating thing it was, but um. She apparently matched with Ben Affleck and unmatched it because she thought he was fake. And then he sent her a video Man. message saying, hey, why did you unmatch? It's me. Oh, <laughs> so, no. Hey, it's me, Ben Affleck. That's right. I mean, I've look. got this. Uh, I've got some Dunkin Donuts coffee in one hand and a uh -huh. newspaper with the current date in the other. So you know that it's me, Ben Affleck. I'm smoking while looking depressed. That's how you know it's me. <laughs> Oh man I had that happen too uh, Similar to that Like not that it was actually the celebrity But like I Casey imagined Affleck. with someone No so it was the girl who plays Like Keanu Reeves' daughter In the new Bill and Ted movie And then okay. like I matched and I was like Wait a minute this person looks familiar And then I did like a, a little a Little sleuthing on the internet Realized who that was and was like oh this is definitely A fake profile Yeah, And immediately unmatched Cool. Um, anyway, so the the start of the season, like I said, they they, they get into some of the stuff with uh, trying to wiretap Tony. Yeah, that's, like that's some like of my really favorite good. stuff. Just like the yeah, guys hanging out like on the phone line, and Tony like, <laughs> "Hey, how you guys doing? You want me to bring you some coffee or anything?" Uh, yeah, because like... they're trying to get a tap into his actual home. Yeah, and so their plan is. First, we need to figure out where Tony is conducting his business in the home, and it appears to be the basement. Now we need to figure out, like, a time of day to get into the basement to get the tap in there. Uh, but first, we got to, like, you know, figure out that this got to do some sound checks, you know, mm -hmm. get a microphone in here, figure out where the audio is really at its best. Um, and so they, they divide this team up to follow each member of the Soprano household so they can make sure everybody's out of the house. Uh, which means that uh, you have some of them following Carmela, who does tennis stuff with Adriana, which seems to be an <laughs> excuse to get a lot of binocular shots of Adriana's tits. And as the sure. guys go and hunga munga, daddy <laughs> likey. Awooga. And then they turn into a Tex Avery wolf. That's right. And basically, their he does. jaw drops open and their tongue rolls out. That's right. <laughs> All the bits from the mask, basically, he does. The heart beats out of his chest. 
Yeah, you know, he looks through the binoculars and checks out her ass, and then it cuts back, and he's got steam blowing out of his ears. I thought you were going to say his uh, eyeballs are poking through the binoculars. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Yeah, sure. There's a weird thing with that, though, too, where, like, the tennis instructor seems to be, like, she has the hots for Adriana, too, and they don't go anywhere with that either. Nope. It's just kind of like everyone's horny for Adriana. Yeah, sure. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, or animal. Adriana <laughs> is fucking fine. Yeah, I guess. If you're into yeah. that, sure. So, like, later on in the season, they do sort of loop back around to that because they identify Adriana as a weak link in Tony's organization, and so now they are trying to, like, go after her as an informant. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am like a couple episodes into season four where there's more payoff to some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you could tell like season two, they were setting up everything with Mama Soprano and the uh, the plane tickets mm -hmm. and Tony getting nailed for that. But then, of course, the actress died, as I said earlier in the podcast. So you get this scene where they need to resolve everything with Mama Soprano. The and we've best. kind of alluded to it's this terrible. before. <laughs> Holy shit. I've now finally seen the scene. <laughs> My favorite part. What the fuck? I went back and watched that scene, and my favorite part of it, uh, like, it seems like it's specifically making fun of, like, the way they had to do this, because it's a very LTV-type line of her saying, like, oh, well, look who decided to call. And Tony's just like, well, actually, I'm standing here in front of you. <laughs> yeah. Just like that's the yeah, one they, line they had for her. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of like composite her head and they use like old lines. Except part of the problem with that is there's only so many scenes that have existed with Mama Soprano. Mm -hmm. So every single thing that she says, I remember exactly what scene they came from. Yeah. That... So, like, specifically the bit where she's like, don't use that language. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> like, I remember that's her talking to Junior. Yeah. Oh, it's so fucking jarring. I don't know why they didn't just, like, shoot everything, like, from behind. Like, they just kind of have it so you that. just... Yeah, like, get another actor there with a wig and kind of make it look like her from behind. Just Norman uh, Bates you know, or, it. Yeah, proper corpse up. Uh -huh. Just shoot everything from behind. It's all right. Yeah. I, like, or just have her do everything over the phone. Yeah. I, it's weird There's that they no... made the choice of the... trying to composite her head onto a different person's body. It, it looks horrible. Yeah, because there's no real reason for Tony even to come over there. No. Like, that scene doesn't just do she... anything. Yeah, she didn't finish the baby books, and that's pretty much it. And then her, him trying to, like, tell her to cooperate with him when it comes to plane tickets. Like, don't say anything stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's basically it. But... Like, a few scenes later, she's officially dead. Like, yeah. Carmella gets the call and tells Tony. Which is a really good part when they tell him that, and you can tell he's very happy about it, but has to act sad. <laughs> yes. Uh, he should be happy about it, though. Yeah. Like, besides the I fact that, like, this now lets him off the hook, his mom was miserable. Oh, yeah, yeah. She tried to have him killed. Yeah. It's surprising to me how often characters try to brush that under the rug and go like, Tony, come on. <laughs> you know, Tony, it's your mom. Come uh, on. Bygones be bygones. Come on. 
no his mom tried to kill him it's yeah. incredibly fucked up melfi is the only one who holds her ground on that and consistently brings up like hey how fucked up was it that your mom tried to have you killed yeah i mean with junior uh, you can at least kind of understand it um but sure yeah, yeah. anyway melfi gets raped uh yeah that's a real that's a really good episode but man it's rough yeah, as it should be. Yeah, it's yeah. rape. Yeah. Um, but they, man, I'm not sure what there is to say about it necessarily, <laughs> other than it is an incredibly rough and distressing scene. Which, again, as it should be, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where they're going with that because it feels like they kind of carried that up to a point and then it kind of tapered off. Mm, it doesn't. Like a, it doesn't like go anywhere. I don't know. What... Like that guy doesn't show up again and get shot by Polly Walnuts or something. Okay, I was kind of wondering if maybe that would end up happening if eventually she lets it slip to Tony because there's some stuff with her playing around with the idea of, well, I could tell Tony yeah, Soprano what happened. That's the whole and... point of the episode is that she doesn't. Like that's why it ends uh, with him say, like he asks her about it and she's like, mm, no, nothing. She because should, she doesn't though. want him to get. Yeah, I know she absolutely should tell yes. him about it. If you're going like the, to be working with Tony Soprano, uh, you should take advantage of this connection for a situation yeah. like this. Yes, because part of that that situation is that uh, they arrest the guy, but there is some sort of clerical error, so they have to let the guy go. Mm-hmm. And so you get the scene of like Melfi and her boyfriend, and him just being like, "Yeah, there's like a clerical error." Just had to like let him. Oh right, uh, but he's like, yeah, they had to let her let him go, and she's like, wait, you mean like they could still arrest him later on, though, right? And he's like, I think they just have to let him go, huh. and so she calls Double them up, Jeopardy, and asks them like, hey, what the fuck is going on? And then when that ends, the guy's just like, so what happened? And she's like, there's a clerical error. They just had to let him go. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. Yeah, and she uh, happens to go into that shop. Which has his picture as employee of the month Oh god Yeah Anyway, anyway there, everything's coming up Melfi because you also get a lot of bits Of her in therapy just going like I gotta deal with these people's fucking problems <laughs> Yeah They're all assholes yeah, <laughs> Every I, single one of them I'm surprised like Peter Bogdanovich keeps showing up Like he's in season 5 too It's neat to hey. see that they got the bog Look, you talk about using Tony Soprano and your connection with him. If you got Bogdanovich, you oh, use Bogdanovich. Uh, but yeah, you, you you also get through the the stuff with Melfi, uh, her other patient. Um, what's her name? Gloria Trillo. Gloria, yeah. And so Tony, he's got another mistress in his life. Uh, except Gloria is a hot fucking mess. Yeah, because of course she is. They met in therapy, and she's this a car woman... dealer. <laughs> That's right. It's enough of a red uh, flag. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, Gloria's whole thing is that she is like uh, a suicidal depressive, and so I think she's trying to antagonize Tony to the point that he will kill her. Uh, except this also makes her seem a lot like Tony's mom. Yeah, because she'll be very sweet in one moment, and then she will fly off the handle and throw meat Throats, at him the next. I was just about to say, he throws meat at him. You can't do that. Yeah. Come on, respect. Beat the him meat. in the head with some roast beef. Yeah, Res- yeah, sure. That's the Arby's tagline, right? Respect the meat. Yeah, Ving Rhames says it. Respect the meat. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, like it, it, Tony, that you also get a really good scene though, where like that culminates in Tony breaking ties, and then he gets um one of his capos. Speaking of names, I'm always blanking on. What's this? What's this guy's name? They killed his brother, this and then guy. they just brought oh, him in. They're just like Patsy. Yeah, he had a Patsy. Yeah. Which they also just brought him back, and they're like, "Hey, he had a twin brother, whatever." That's also though he has that really good episode where uh, they're like, "You know, uh, Patsy, he knows that you killed his brother. Like, we not a hundred percent, but he's pretty sure about it." And then he like goes to his house, and the guys are staking it out or watching it, and he has a gun, and then he just decides to piss in his pool. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Just takes the leak right in his pool while muttering like you motherfucker, I know <laughs> yeah. what you did. Yeah. Um the chlorine's gonna kill all that. Come on. Uh yeah. but yeah, he he ends up driving her, he does like a test drive of one of the Mercedes, takes her out of the middle of nowhere, pulls a gun on her, is like, You don't have anything to do with Tony Soprano, you don't go near his wife or his kids, and if you do, it won't be him that kills you, it will be me, and it's not gonna be cinematic. <laughs> Yeah, and um, well, yeah, that's kind of the problem is that she starts going after Carmela, and like trying to get closer yeah. to her, which is a big no-no. Yeah, all this seems like a really bad idea. Every step of the way, everything that she does, she knows who she's dealing with. So, uh huh. But it like there's that scene where he's choking her out uh, on the ground, and she's like asking for it. So it it very much seems like she wants to die. Yeah. Uh, the 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 thing that actually seems to scare her away is the fact that she wants it to specifically be Tony because of their connection. So wisely, Tony is getting one of his capos to threaten her because that's the thing that will get her to stop. If mm-hmm. it's anybody else other than Tony, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm curious if she shows up again at all. Um, I like her actress; like she's she's great. She's a complete psychopath. She's played perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Annabelle Soroka or something like that? I think so. Yeah. But yeah, she's really good. Um, yeah, she's great. I feel like she maybe should have been in the show longer, except eh, Tyrant's course, I suppose. Yeah, I do really like though Melfi like implying like, oh, you're going after women that are like your mother, and then of course Tony does the thing about like, I don't want to fuck my mom. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> that happens a lot. Like, why well, you and this mother <laughs> shit again? Uh, but then, like, when he actually starts to piece it together, he's, like, slowly backing out of her house going, Jesus Christ, you're my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Just like when it finally does click for him. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but all this is surrounding, like, a really good B-plot with uh, Chris and Polly Walnuts. Uh, him kind of piecing this together and breaking ties with this woman because they need to go get Silvio's money from the Russians. Yes. Except Polly always causing problems ends up getting into a fight with this russian and they think they've crushed his windpipe and killed him so they load him up in the trunk of their car and take him out into the woods to bury him best episode of the series yes he's still alive Uh uh-huh manages to bean chris in the head with a shovel and then get a real good nut shot in on paulie yeah and breaks off into the woods, but Polly shoots him in the head. Christopher eh. shoots him, doesn't he? No, it's Polly. Oh, okay. Because Polly keeps asking, like, "I got him in the head, didn't I?" And Christopher's oh, yeah. like, "Yeah, you definitely did." Yeah. Uh, but they can't find the body. 
the yeah. trail of blood just eventually ends. And I thought it was clear that he probably like scurried up a tree. Yeah, because like you see monkey. like a you see like a POV shot of him looking down at them. Yeah, predator so style. He gets a, yeah, he gets away. Yeah. Uh, but now Polly and Chris they are lost in the woods in the middle of winter and they're freezing to death. Mm-hmm. And so it's just this really good B plot of them trying to get out of the woods. And like just those two characters interacting is an absolute treat. I mean, that's I would all say this episode is. I would say that's the A plot of that episode, really. Uh, it's yeah, called Pine Barrens. Like it's named sure. after that. Um, yeah, that episode. Getting ahead of was... myself, but I was pissed how there was an episode named Christopher, and it's not about Chris Montesani. Yeah. It's about Christopher fucking Columbus. Yeah, it's anti-Italian discrimination. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah, which I thought that was just like uh, I'm going to become the Joker style meme, but that's actually what Silvio says. Um, yeah, but yeah, Pine Barrens directed by Steve Buscemi, who will later appear in the show. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, I saw that when oh. the episode started. I was like, huh, okay. Uh, so well directed yeah, episode. It is. So good job, Steve Buscemi. Good job, Steve. Um, Thanks, Steve. I just really like the bit where they are uh, sitting in the van and uh, trying to eat ketchup packets to stay alive, even though they've only been there for, like, the day. Like, they're not going to starve to death. Yeah. I mean, uh, the fact that Polly got, like, uh, snow in one of his boots is the more concerning thing. Sure. Like, having that, uh, and you also, know, also, like they, frostbitten. Uh, Tony and... Oh, Bobby goes there with him, and they only find him because Polly went nuts and shot at his shoe. <laughs> yes, and they both just start shooting their guns and yelling <laughs> at each other to find each other. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh God. And like yeah, Bobby a... has that like big puffy orange vest, like a uh, hunting yeah. jacket and everything on. Yeah, and Tony thinks it's a hoot, starts cracking up and laughing at him, but then yeah. like. It's actually a touching thing because he's later on he's like, yeah, my my father and I we went hunting all the time, so I got like all this stuff, uh, because Bacala's dad, uh, shortly before this episode, <laughs> does die in one of the most fantastic scenes in the show so far. Agree. Because uh, Tony needs to take care of this asshole who flew off the hook and brained uh, one of his people. Uh, which you then get a really good scene of everyone in the hospital and this guy's entire head wrapped up in bandages, face and all. He's looking like Joaquin Mogram. <laughs> That's right. Um, this motherfucker in the hospital bed's about to just jump up and announce his new game studio. Yeah. The Phantom um, Pain, unrelated to any existing franchise. Yeah, this has nothing to do with any Metal Gear Solid. Come on. What? Why would it? Making connections that aren't there. <laughs> so, um, where was I going? Yeah, so he, uh, Tony's like, hey, I know that um, Bacala Sr., this is his godson. So he could get in close, and then he could pop him one in the back of the head, and then, you know, everything's taken care of. So Bacala Sr., who is aggressively dying of throat cancer because, like, 90% of his lines are coughing horribly. Uh-huh. Agrees to do this, One and like not try. only is it, yeah, not only is it kind of cruel to ask someone who's dying of cancer to murder somebody, but also this just seems like a recipe for everything to go completely wrong. 
Like he's going to get the gun to the back of the guy's head, have a coughing fit, and then he's going to get killed himself or something. But he pulls uh, which it isn't off. actually, yeah, isn't quite how it goes down. He pulls this thing off. It does go sideways, but because somebody else walks into the room and sees what he's doing. Uh, but Bakula Sr. manages to kill the guy he was sent to kill. <laughs> and then there's a really good bit during this scene of the dude who, like, startled him. He's already got one in the gut. He's, like, holding up a chair to protect himself. He's like, no, Mr. Bakula, don't, please. I don't know and why that's funny. Just, Bakula just blasts him again. And he's just like, ah, this is great. I'm having a good time. Makes him feel young again. Yeah. It's great not because the guy's like begging for his life, although that's pretty funny too. It's just specifically like Bakula's <laughs> oh, reaction. No. I think you need to stop watching the show. Did you also like have a <laughs> just have a grand old time when Sylvia was bashing that lady's head into a car hood? Yeah, what the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> oh no. He just like bops her off of there like a basketball. It's great. Uh She rebounds off that thing with like twice as much force as she went into it. That's true. Um, her hair is filled with her head is filled with air. Come on. Um, ah, no, it's thing. specifically like Bakula's reaction to all this. He thinks it is just the greatest thing in the world. He's he's got this like one like last triumphant kill before he drives off into the sunset and also a telephone pole. <laughs> yes. And dies. It's also just great because, yeah, Bobby Bacala Sr. is that way, and then Bobby Bacala Jr. is just the nicest guy. Yeah, he's so sweet. I love Bacala Jr. Yeah. And, like, it's it's so upsetting because you have that scene afterwards where Bacala Jr. like goes back into Jr.'s home and is sobbing and just being like, I had to drive all the way across town. They didn't even clean my father up. Yeah. And then Junior is so preoccupied with cancer because he has stomach cancer. And so he's just like, wait a minute, how much did his cancer metastasize? I need to know. <laughs> it starts throwing shit around the room, just fucking that room up. Yeah, the Junior um, cancer thing doesn't really go anywhere either. Yeah, um, I guess like, is it the end of the season or the start of the fourth where they reveal that there was a FBI plant inside of the doctor's office? That's early in four because that's in uh, the okay. Rat Pack. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess some of that though is at least setting up that connection, I suppose. But yeah, a lot of it's just Junior starting to realize his own mortality. And I guess yeah, like I, you I could. Guess so sort of do that anyway with the fact that a lot of people who he knew and was close to and were roughly the same ages and have died uh, but they throw the cancer on top of it oh excuse me um oh wait no rat pack is you... season five what four was um i think it might have been at the very end of three because i think that that is also when they then segue into like well we can go after adriana next yeah, I don't remember them sure saying something about the doctors off. I just know in that later episode you do see. Yeah. Although that might oh, have just. God. I, I, don't know. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here, but like speaking of Bakla and just all the misery that surrounds him, his fucking wife dies at the start of season four, yeah. and it is heart wrenching. Why does the world keep shitting on him? Ralphie's dunking on him? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Yeah, I, I didn't remember exactly when that happened, so I didn't want to mention it, but yes. Uh, Unfortunately, 
bad things keep happening to Bobby Bacala. Yeah, uh, bad keep, bad things keep happening to the nicest possible character in the entire show. It's Karen Zidi. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah. Um, so, but a lot of the like meat said, of this him season... and Furio, they're like the two nice guys. Yeah. In the entire show. But the speaking of uh, the cancer and Furio, there's that real good bit at the golf course where Furio and Tony drive <laughs> up to give Junior's doctor some shit. Uh huh. <laughs> just Tony go on like. Yeah, you know, golf, it's a great game, and Fury's just like, stupid fucking game, played by assholes. <laughs> Smacks his hat off, says, you had a bee on your hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fury's fantastic. Yeah. But the the real meat of this season is the stuff with Ralphie. Uh, Ralphie is a friend of Tony's that goes back with him and uh, April. Uh, well, yeah, he's Jackie been in Miami. Senior. Yeah, he's been in Miami. He's not been in the show up until this point. Ralphie, uh, it is amazing to me every scene that he shows up is not the scene that he dies. That someone <laughs> yeah. doesn't finally fly off the handle and murder him. Yeah, well, uh, they talked is... about it. Like, basically, because he's a captain, they can't really do anything to him as much as yeah. they would like to. But he is an absolute monster. Yeah. Uh, he is obsessed with the gladiator, specifically, and is absolutely <laughs> the kind of person who would take the wrong message out of every single movie. Uh-huh. So he just thinks it is a... That movie is just a testament to machismo, and it's fantastic. He would watch The Sopranos uh, and think, hey, it was really funny when Silvio <laughs> beat, beat that lady's head on the car. Well, yes, we know that because he was watching out the window the entire time I and know. just smiling, <laughs> yeah. laughing to himself and pointing at it and going like, ah, yeah. <laughs> to the point that Silvio even looks at him through the window and is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's so weird because um, Silvio, like, for the most part is kind of just a mild-mannered goofball and then he has that yeah. happen and then something in a late season five episode where it's just like geez yeah. silvio holy cow well it should probably get into that episode too but the, the whole thing with that is one of the strippers at uh the bada bing she's just very well-meaning she's trying to make some kind of connection with someone but you can tell that she is the sort of person who similar to tony chases after very unhealthy relationships and so she's trying to connect with Tony. She's trying to connect with anybody in Tony's orbit. And eventually the person who actually ends up like giving her the attention that she wants is fucking Ralphie. Yeah. So of course everything goes horribly wrong. Uh, she's pregnant with uh, Ralphie's kid. Mm-hmm. Ralphie just did the, one of the first absolute scumbag things he does is just like, yeah, well, you and me, we're going to get a place. We're going to keep the kid. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of you. And she's like, really? And he's like, no. <laughs> Come on. Come on. He has to go get pegged by Janice. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, <laughs> your mama's whore. I'm going to put you back on the streets. Oh, man. What a gross How much things. money you make me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like there's there's her getting into a relationship with Ralphie which is horrible to begin with uh, Ralphie's again flying off the handle interrupting Tony's blow job amazing he's not dead yet yeah um, but like she owes money to Silvio who bought her braces and so Silvio even is just treating her like property mm-hmm. like everyone just treats her like total garbage until like she finally has enough and she kind of breaks and tells Ralphie to get fucked and then gets her head bounced off of a um 
like a, a traffic fence. divider yeah, yeah, yeah like a, like a fence thing uh you know one of those metal dividers they yeah, would yeah. put on like the side of a road so you don't careen off of it right uh she is beaten to death and so tony loses it and savages ralphie which is a big no-no because ralphie is a made guy mm -hmm. um but this actually kind of seems like so this gets into the stuff i really like about season three which is tony kind of like playing the long game and manipulating things to get back at ralphie rather than address him more overtly yeah well season so three he... also really kind of starts all the stuff with johnny sack um yeah which is going to be a thing for as far as i can tell the rest of the series hmm because he's like, what? almost all of season four and five is about Tony and Johnny. Hmm. Well, I'm looking forward to that, because I like Johnny Sack. Yeah, I, I don't like him, but he's a great character. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, he gets into this confrontation with Ralphie. But, like, the, the whole thing is, like, um... Tony eventually makes him captain in order to like kind of let bygones be bygones, but this is really just kind of like setting Ralphie up to force him to make some decisions that will bite him in the ass. And one of the big ones is dealing with Jackie Jr. Uh, because Ralphie, being a dipshit, puts the idea into Jackie Jr.'s head that he could go rob a card game and it goes completely sideways. Mm -hmm. uh, I like that one of the members of Jackie's crew keeps getting the living shit beat out of him. Yeah. Like, he sells drugs, gets thrown out. Jackie's like, no, it's fine. Go sell drugs again. Gets put in the <laughs> fucking hospital this time. But Finally Tony, gets out of the hospital. But Tony Soprano, like, Let's go. I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> he finally gets out of the hospital, and he's like, hey, go rob a card game with me. And then he just gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's one thing after another and like every time he's just like but i'm jackie's friend and then it does not matter because nobody respects jackie april tony barely tolerates him yeah uh but now everyone wants jackie april's head and so what tony does is he brings ralphie in for this really good scene where he's just like yeah, i'm gonna leave the choice up to you uh and if you decide to go for it you know don't blame yourself uh, but if you don't go for it, well, that's your choice. And don't care what everybody else says about you. You know, that's mm -hmm. their problem. <laughs> so anyway, Jackie stays with... Uh, Mike, Jackie Michael goes K. over Williams. to The Wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he crosses onto the set of The Wire uh, for a little bit and then gets shot. And it's obvious that Jackie uh, was set up by Ralphie. Um, yeah. But it's fine. It all works out for everyone in the end, except for Meadow. But, you know, who cares? Whatever. Yeah, she'll be fine. Everything turns yeah. out okay for Meadow. Yeah, she'll go to Europe. It's I mean, okay. It's actually, it's probably better for her, really. It honestly is. Like, yeah. maybe dating the guy who's trying to sell X and getting in <laughs> real bad with the mob is worse than that guy being dead and her not being tied up with his shit that said jackie jr probably a step up from the other guy she was dating who was a real shithead oh in god almost right every the, way. Uh, the film student yes the one that yeah. tony made very upset by being racist towards him repeatedly yeah in fact yeah. got a bit with carmella coming in and you think like at, at first she's going to be like Hey, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I get it. The family's not racist. Tony's got stuff he needs to work through. But instead, she's just like, "Hey, come from a mixed family, eh?" 
Wait, she's from Minnesota? Hmm. Eh. That's my Carmela impression. Eh. Eh. It's horribly this inaccurate. Sounds like, sounds like a Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, the Soprano family does love to make loud eating noises, so. They do, yeah. A lot of uh, forks scraping past teeth. Yeah. Some really good Foley work in uh-huh. the show. Uh, just someone over there with like a tub of mayo just putting her fist into it next to a microphone. Should dub over those scenes with like the Tim and Eric like slop noises. Oh, God, yes. That'd be great. Uh, so I don't want to get too much into season four, but I did want to bring up. Um, why does everyone want to fuck Janice? It doesn't make any I, sense to me. I don't know. The, Jackie, uh, Jackie April could have done better, frankly. But I get it. He was locked Richie. up for a while. Richie, I'm sorry. Yeah. Richie April could have done better, but he was locked up for a while. I get it. Ralphie, though, was already with a much more stable woman, a much more attractive woman. He was in a nicer home but she when he was staying with her. didn't want to do the her. stuff to him. Apparently. So he has to go for Janice, uh, who will shove dildos into his ass. Yeah. So, yes, I think that actually uh, is like maybe the biggest thing is that she would do the stuff Ralphie wanted. Um, I guess. Because they get into that later. But still, like, talk about toxic characters in The Soprano, I think that Janice is now perhaps the most toxic now that Mama Soprano is dead. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Although... And look, I got I got nothing against pegging. I want to be upfront about that. <laughs> it's just that when it happens to Joey Pants, it's very weird, okay? Yeah. Him and his Specifically the combination Nolan of wig. Janice and Ralphie. Yes, and the Christopher Nolan wig. It just makes the whole thing feel very awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you like to get pegged, more power to you. I'm pro pegging. I'm anti. Just this, I'm this gonna one... say it. I'm outing it. I no, no thanks. It is deranged. Uh, it is sinful. It is an affront to God. And uh, I'm not the gonna only stand for people it. People who are vocal against pegging are the ones who get pegged themselves. What is what I think? That's right. Oh, no. Everything you said sounds like. Words of denial oh, from oh, a Peggy. I don't, I don't like this. I'm going to have to cut this how out. Much, how much money you make me, Yahoo? Anyway. Get you back on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, looking forward to season four, oh, which man. doubtlessly has much more pegging to come. I don't think so. I'm I think that's the only time it, it happens. Uh, Fucking bullshit, I'm canceling my <laughs> HBO Max subscription The Gobble Ghoul Zone is closed for business That was the one thing you were looking Never forward to seeing again. Yeah uh, I wanted to see Joey Pants get fucked in the ass some more You just said you didn't like it Now you're flip-flopping well, That's right, I can't commit Well, no, it's it's not that I don't like it It's just it's very funny <laughs> well, It is <laughs> I, I find pegging to be hilarious Frankly, if you really need to know Mm, okay. One of the most funniest sex acts that you can commit. Okay, what's the second funniest? Cleveland Steamer. No, that's just gross. Oh, it's funny. You don't uh, take a poop while you're in bed, it's a hoot. <laughs> Alright. 
Is that it for the Gabagool zone? We're 40 minutes uh, I think in. that's it for the Gabagool zone. Yes, there, there is. I, I did want to say one other thing, which is I think my single favorite shot in this entire season is at the funeral for Mama Soprano when the FBI is like picking up a couple of Tony's crew and Junior gets out of the car and sees it and goes, oh shit, and like turns around <laughs> and runs away. That is really good. The Sopranos is the perfect comedy program. There are a lot of just really good bits like that yeah, uh, yeah. throughout the entire show. Like that's what I was um, telling you before you started watching it was that I was surprised yeah. by how funny it is most of the time. Yeah, but but Junior and Bakula specifically make just a fantastic combo. I, I like yeah. the two of those characters a lot. So that's it. Uh, I know that was a long one, but man, you're, like you're not you're not kidding. Season three is where it really picks up. Like it, it was already, yeah, I was enjoying it. it beforehand, but season three just had a lot going on and all of it, a few exceptions, but, but pretty much all of it was really good. And so. you get uh, more big pussy. Yes. It flashbacks. In fact, you could say that Bakla is an even bigger pussy. <laughs> well, yes, actually. We got we got rid of one fat guy, so we brought in an even fatter guy for the next season. Well, yeah, and then he wasn't fat enough, so we made him put on a ridiculous fat suit. <laughs> and then later you got Vito, too. I mean, he's already oh, there because he's the one who shoots Jackie, like I was saying. But uh, Bring in yeah. more of these fat fucks. I love it. Need more of these big boys to lumber yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Get Susie Essman in, in here to suits. scream at them. All I right. played some video games, Larry. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. What? I played multiples of video games. Are we going into Retro Corner now? I guess, but are you playing get, anything I don't new? get my segment? No, fuck your segment. Shut up. I don't give a shit about your segment. All right, well... I have been playing Returnal, but I've only played about an hour and a half or so of it uh, yeah. because I just got here from Gamefly yesterday while I was asleep, and then I had to go to work, and I came back, and I played a little bit of it here before we start recording. So uh, I will say it's cool so far. Don't have a whole lot to say about it, though, until I get deeper into it, but I have been playing the World of Warcraft Classic have you ever heard of that? Oh, have you heard of the uh, world of Warcraft? I I've heard of Warcraft. What is this okay. world of Warcraft? Well, though? so it's like you got you got a Warcraft, right? But then imagine okay. if there was a whole world of it. I oh, hold on. I think I need to kind of lean back a bit and just imagine that. Yeah, I mean, just you know, it'd be like Lionel Hutz. Think about a world of Warcraft. Okay, I've envisioned it. Yeah. Multiple Warcrafts out there. A mm -hmm. uh, whole world of Warcraft for you to explore. So it's got to be great, right? Yeah. It was. Okay. Like, World of Warcraft was great at one time, this and then they ruined thing, it. Didn't this whole thing come about because some people were trying to, like, get unauthorized servers up of old Warcraft, and then oh, Blizzard yeah. was like, yeah, oh, wait they, a minute. They had done that for a long time. Like, I think okay. since, I don't know if it was since Burning Crusade came out or Wrath of the Lich King, but really, like, it took off when Cataclysm came out and was an absolute disaster that ruined the game. Uh, that's really <laughs> when private servers got big. And then eventually, like, did, did, yeah, they were like, uh, okay, fine, we'll give you the original game. Yeah, like, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought that the way it went was that Blizzard was not cool with the private servers. Oh, no. And so they went to shut them down, and then 
they weren't going to do anything to address the issue of people wanting old Warcraft until everyone got super vocal after the shutdowns. Yeah, basically. Um, okay. But um, yeah. The only so... MMO I ever played was that one where the girls had their tits out all the time. A Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, no, um... it's it was like some weird Chinese thing where the whole point was like. You can kind of see a nipple here. I can't remember the name of it, but it was very overtly gross (laughs) in what they were trying to do. Okay. But I played a little bit of it, so what does that say about me? Uh, Bad things. So, yeah, the main thing is that um, they will be moving into Burning Crusade soon, which was the first expansion for the game, and when it got really good... Mm -hmm. Uh, vanilla I played some of I never got max level in I sort of like stalled out Around the late 40, mid to late 40s I think it was Because uh, that's when the grind gets real bad um, But because like Leveling in the game used to take A lot longer than it does now uh, I believe the speed Leveling record for 1 to 60 uh, Is Like 125 Hours Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the record. It's longer than a Shin Megami Tensei game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to hit 60 by the time Burning Crusade probably comes out, but I wanted to, you know, get in there, get a, a feel for it, you know, get a hit of the original game nostalgia before the expansion hits. Um, and I've been having a pretty good time. been playing a Warlock, which I never did in the original. I never played a caster. Uh, it was just a warrior for the original game and Burning Crusade. And then when Wrath I of the Lich King came out, I was a Death Knight. What? I saw you complaining about staves. Yes. Oh, yeah. That That's like a weird thing. Staves, for one thing. Staves. Um, oh, whatever. Because... Like I play World of Warcraft? Come on. Yeah, so I was playing a warlock, um, and when you start, you don't have uh, staves. Like the ability to use them You have to go to a weapons trainer to learn how And I'm playing an undead And the undead city of Undercity Does not have a staves trainer You have to go over to Orgrimmar Which isn't really a huge deal Because you just get on a zeppelin And it takes a few minutes to get there But it's still like a weird oversight uh, There are a lot of really strange things like that In the original game that they kind of ironed out later um, mm. But yeah, I'm having a good time. I've hit level 20 now, so I've got the succubus. I'm ready to get my soul sucked, as Cabal would say. Um, oh, no. It's good. Well, succubus is like the highest damage dealing minion, um, so that helps with leveling a lot. But yeah, it's cool going back to a time when, like, if you're ambushed by two random enemies, you're probably going to die. Uh, as opposed to like the modern game where nothing is ever going to kill you even if you just like went AFK you would probably still kill it just with your auto attacks mm. um it's slower it is more complex specifically like having talent trees is good which that does not exist in the game anymore i logged into because you have to subscribe to the game uh just to access the old one even if you have no interest in the modern game and so I just sort of logged in, and first of all, I had no idea what anything was. Uh, I don't know what all of these items in my bags are, or where I'm supposed to be going, or anything like that. Um, but just like 
opening the ability screen and seeing like you can just switch your spec to whatever whenever now which in one way is kind of cool but also it takes all of the depth out of it uh like your armor will just have every sort of stat on it and the one it's using changes depending on what spec you are it's weird stuff like that like Mm. i don't know i yeah i don't have like too much familiarity with MMOs. I kind of just find yeah, you them told to me. be very. You, what? you only played the anime titty one. Yeah, I only played the anime titty one. I goofed around in Black Desert online because uh, it had that yeah, real good Yeah, it's another anime creator. titty one. No, and it's not. The titties are not that big in Black Desert. Mm. That's why I bounced off of Black Desert. <laughs> okay. The tits weren't big enough. And so by the end of the tutorial, I was like, ah, I don't really want to stick around with this. Um, no, like I've I've actually given like a decent amount of MMOs a try, and I've always just found them to be kind of dull. Like they're just not for me. Uh, but like I'm kind of fascinated by the fact that like this one in particular, World of Warcraft, has gotten like this much support over time. Yeah, because I remember like being pretty young and seeing like the boxes of the expansions in the store, and like yeah, it's I mean, still it getting huge. support. Like it had it was yeah. the biggest MMO ever. So yeah, of course. But, like. I also remember Final Fantasy XI kind of coming out around the same time. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the difference between the two of those, like, I think that was a thing with, like, fourteen, wasn't it? That, like, by the time fourteen came out, World of Warcraft had so established what an MMO was that everything fourteen was doing was so far off base yeah, that, like, like, no one wanted anything to do with it. Yeah, eleven was very much sort of an older style of MMO. Like, yeah. it was a lot more like EverQuest and... Stuff like that um, Really I think City of Heroes doesn't get enough credit For what it did in the MMO space uh, But um, You know WoW was kind of the major turning point For the genre And after that you yeah, can really go back to the old style Like Dark Age of Camelot Or Anarchy yeah, Online I remember like um like when i was younger i had a friend who was way into everquest and he had like the manual that he lent me so i could just kind of like read up about it and figure out what kind of game it was and like all the stuff i read in that manual made me really want to get into everquest but i could never convince my dad to getting me a paid subscription to a video game yeah it was outrageous to him so i never got to play it uh and then like final fantasy 11 i wanted to try too but of course you know you needed the the modem and everything the one that I really, really wanted okay, to get into, I just into, played though, it on PC, but yeah. Well, like, like again, at that point in time, I didn't really have easy access uh, to a PC. That was my dad's computer, uh, and you didn't want to touch that keyboard without a considerable amount of disinfectant. So I did not get on the computer at home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, like, one I really, really wanted to get into was uh, Fantasy Star Online. Because I remember seeing, like, a bunch of scans of that yeah. in magazines, and it looked fucking great and i was like way into the dreamcast and I, I wanted to get my hands on it so bad and i never did mm -hmm. and like i wonder if through emulation if people have like servers set up for that thing they used I wonder to if you could emulate that and uh, go back and be able to play it yeah they used to i don't know how you would go about that there must still be some i like, might need to look into that at some point yeah because even I, though i know i know i don't like mmos i still kind of want to give fantasy star online a try I mean, like, uh, recently there was that thing where City of Heroes, like, people reconstructed that, got back up and running. Oh, I yeah. played some of that, yeah. and that was cool to go back to. 
the one I've always wanted to see come back. Well, there's also a uh, Star Wars Galaxies. I played some of that. That's cool too. Um, but the one I really wanted to see come back was the Matrix Online. But because of the oh, way yeah. that worked, it's kind of impossible to do. Like it, it wasn't like the data was not there. Like in the client, it was something about the way that it would send and receive data. That mm. like the guy who was trying to bring it back was basically having to intercept stuff while it was still active, and that's basically all he could get out of it. Uh, so I I don't know if there's any way to actually resurrect it. It truly was hacking the matrix. Uh, yeah. But um, that's something where yeah, I think if... I think maybe like it shut down with so little notice that that might have been the reason why he wasn't able to get all yeah. this stuff. Um, and maybe if there had been more time, he could have. I don't know. That just reminds me of like the giant bomb streams where they would uh, do the closures of those games, like the yeah. Star Wars Star Wars one. They would just hang out in there until the server shut down. Uh-huh. Uh, and those were always great because they would commit to waiting until the servers were shut down and they would always take longer than anticipated. Yeah. So everyone would get real tired by the end of those streams. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because when they did the PlayStation Home one, they bailed out before it actually shut down. Uh-huh. So anyway, is that uh, all you have to say oh, about World of Warcraft? One more thing. Okay. So I do have an issue with this, which is oh no, uh, my advice to you, it, to anyone listening, if you want to try to play this, and you know, like you're going to be playing on Horde or Alliance, go and look at the server population stats for them, uh, because those are not surfaced in the game, and most servers are heavily biased in one or the other. Um, so specifically, I was like, all right, I want a PVE server on US East. And so I went through there and was just like, ah, this one's medium population, it says, so it's not going to be too crowded, I'll get in there. I have seen very few people out in the world, uh, and when I got to Orgrimmar, I noticed there were like, eh, about 20 people around. And so then I went and looked at server stats, and that server is like 95% alliance. There are about 500 people on Horde, and that's it. Uh, so... I'm going to have to transfer to another server, specifically Mancrick, which is kind of the only one that's heavily hoard, uh, in order to do raiding and stuff. The issue is, uh, said hoard. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm thinking about Joey Pants again. Come on, man. Uh, so I'm sorry. Go on. The issue please, is please server, server transfers cost money, and what? I don't want to pay money. But How also much money? Twenty five dollars. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. However, it's almost like this whole thing's a scam. Ha- however, here's the thing: it's actually, it's maybe going to break even. Because because there is nobody on Horde's oh, side. Oh, Jerry Seinfeld over here, always breaking even. <laughs> because there's nobody on Horde's side, it means I have no competition for most like quest mobs or quest objectives or anything like that. And so I can level up a lot faster than I could on a populated server. And it's mm. actually, it's very likely, considering how long the grind is in Vanilla WoW, that 
that $25 would just be spent on two months extra grinding if I was on a more populated server. I hate everything about this pricing plan. Yeah, I know, me too. Everything you're describing to me sounds gross. But, so, I'm just going to keep playing on this server until I hit, uh, well, I'm not going to be max before Burning Crusade comes out probably, but when it does, then... There should be enough people playing that I would be able to do the dungeons and stuff as I go through Burning Crusade. And then when I hit 70, I can just transfer to Mancrick and do some raiding and such. So, that's... And that's all I have to say about that. Hey, Larry. What? Did you know Nintendo put out a new video game? No. They did it. They put their first game of the year out. Only two more to go before 2020. Wait, what did they put uh, out? Pokemon Snap. Did that came out? Uh, yep, that came out. Oh. You and everybody else in the world are saying, Pokemon Snap, that came out. <laughs> I yes, no it did. Idea. On April 30th, the new Pokemon Snap oh, released. Okay. So, because I'm not paying 60 damn dollars for a Pokemon Snap game. Oh, uh, no. Like, like the frugal man that I am, I'm going to wait until Black Friday and pay $43. I said I don't want any damn Pokemon Snap. <laughs> um, I did not buy it. Uh, I have been uh, reading up about it. Some of the stuff in that game seems interesting to me. Like, uh, you can keep ranking up levels, and the more you rank up the levels, the more they will end up changing. So, like, there are... Pokemon will interact with each other, and they'll kind of form storylines within a level that you'll gradually get more of the more you level the level up um there is like a sort of trust mechanic where the pokemon will start to trust you the more they see you and that will get them into different poses it will make them come closer uh you can veer off into different routes in the middle of a course pokemon strike curious poses (laughs) now i'm grooming these pokemon so i can take better pictures oh no <laughs> uh you can veer off into like different routes this mid course of uh, this is what it sounds like when mouths cry. <laughs> uh so like not the the way that the original Pokemon Snap did it, which was like you had to kind of find hidden routes into other levels, and then that would, you know, get you access to uh different Pokemon that were more hidden in the world. Uh, this is more like you see a branching path and you click the stick one way or the other and you'll go down a different route in the course. The courses are no longer uh, linear. So like that stuff all sounds kind of interesting to me. It's not $60 interesting, but it's still more than I thought that they were going to do with that game. Uh, and I also forgot that Bandai has their hands on it. This is probably better than any of the shit the actual Pokemon company would put out. Can I go to the last surviving blockbuster to print out my new Pokemon Snap photos? They're apparently like working in some way to actually be able to print photos out. Mm. I, I kind of forgot exactly what they're doing, but they, they're making it so you can get little teeny tiny Pokemon photos again. Uh, but I think like the more... There, there's probably going to be like a feature thing where you can just share those photos online anyway. I think that's probably what they're going to lean into. This is a whole game built around bullshit photo modes. Yeah. I, mean, I bet it... you you could throw that thing in sepia tone and put some sunglasses on that Meowth and then post it to the internet. Uh, sure. Put a little uh, yeah. a chain necklace on him and a blunt. <laughs> well, 
don't know about that. Well, why not? Oh, man. Imagine all the stickers you can probably unlock in that game for photo mode. Uh, but instead, because I'm not, I'm not going to... I haven't played that game. I can't give my opinion about it. I wanted to knock the rest of the Pokemon games that are on the list off of the list. There's only three of them. Pokemon oh, Blue, which Christ. surprisingly we didn't talk about. And then the good shit, Pokemon Puzzle League and Pokemon Snap. Mm. So Pokemon Blue. Let's <laughs> start with it's, the worst one first. It's a Pokemon game. This is the game that I got a Game Boy Color for. The game that uh, I remember, started it all. I remember scamming my family real good for this. My grandma got me the Game Boy Color. My dad, he got me Pokemon Blue. And my mom, she got me Pokemon Red. I was all set up. I got all my Pokemans. I played both of these things at the same time. They're the same fucking game. The 90s were wild. You had to fill your time somehow. So I did not have a Game Boy at the time. Uh, I played Pokemon using the Game Boy Player for the Super Nintendo. The Super Game Boy, I guess, actually, it was called. That's probably a good way to play it. Um, and... Because I had not played a JRPG before, I was not aware that you had to manually save it. And so for a few days, oh, no. I would just like start over every time and then be like, well, oh, no. I gotta go to school. Uh, I mean, I didn't get that far in it, but um, eventually. Well, you were thinking I would... this is like I have to beat it all in one sitting yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, because oh, I didn't Christ. know, like, again, what an RPG was or anything like that. Like, that's yeah. the ideal target market for that game, also, is someone who doesn't know what RPGs are and has never played yeah. one before. So eventually I was like, oh, I can hit this and save it. That's good. Um, yeah. I think it was also my first RPG, but I was uh, 10 at the time when it came out. So I knew what RPGs were God, and kind old. of what to expect from it. I am. Uh, but it was my first one that I actually sat down and played. Because, you know, again, I had a Sega Genesis, and the Sega Genesis was not necessarily known for its RPGs. Uh, that's something you went to Nintendo for, at least at the time. Now, not so much. Kinda. I mean, there, there's the Xenoblades, but... Um, yeah, Monolith Soft, like, doing all of Nintendo's yeah. work. So, uh, Pokemon Blue and Red, like, at the time, I really liked those games. Uh, some of that, though, was because I actually had the Game Boy, I had the cable, and so I actually did a lot of, like, trading and battling people at school and stuff like that. So, like, I got the true, full, like, original Pokemon experience. Uh, I I one... eventually did. I eventually got a Game Boy to play it on. Um but I don't remember what the timeline was with that. I think it was probably fairly soon with it actually. Mm. Um I just know when I started I was only playing it on the Super Game Boy. Yeah. Uh I played some of them on that uh the pack that came with uh Pokemon Stadium. That was yeah. my outlet to play it on the TV. Uh, and that was fine. And I think it's really funny how that thing existed only to play Pokemon and to transfer Pokemon over when they could have just done like a Super Game Boy thing for the Nintendo 64 and they did mm -hmm. not. I wonder if people have like hacked that thing to be able to play like any Game Boy game. I would imagine that they have. I don't know why you would really bother, honestly. Like, Well, nowadays, like you would not. Oh, there was. um. Oh, what was it called? I think it was like the, the e Super Fat Boy or something oh. like that. There was a cartridge. It was a tall cart for the N64 that you would put Game Boy games into, but it was given to uh, reviewers. 
so they would yes, be able to play yeah. the Game Boy games on TV. Yeah, uh, it's like so really can, rare. Yeah, it's super expensive. They occasionally pop up on eBay. I've seen a few videos of people who have gotten their hands on them and have shown them off. Uh, so the technology was there. They could have done it. They just never made good on it and made it available to a mass market. Um, but yeah, like the, the thing about like the original Pokemon think games, that there was a time when Nintendo actually gave a crap about letting reviewers capture video or screenshots easily. Yeah, from portable weird, games, right? Yeah. Now it's just like you have to get this just weird kit to put on the 3DS, and it's uncomfortable to hold it now. It's like, ah, fuck you. Play the game. Review it, asshole. Play the game. Ugh. So, I also heard those things were like super fragile, like the capture kits for the uh, 3DS. Like apparently they break very easily. Probably. Um, anyway, the the thing about like the original Pokemon games is like at the time I thought that they were amazing. I got completely swept up in Pokemania. Yeah, everyone uh, did back then. The, we, we were kids. The Devil's Game. It had everything to do with Satan. It was evil. At least until devils. Harry Potter came out. And then the it was devils! That. <laughs> That's right. Hail Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I got like way into sort of like the weird space you'd get after beating that game and being way into it, which was then like, oh, I got to find out what's underneath the truck outside of the SSN, and I need to fuck my save up real good by fighting Missing No. Gotta read these... Uh... Electronic Gaming Monthly, like, April Fool's jokes about transferring yeah. a lick of tongue and putting the Game Boy upside down to get Luigi. Yes, I gotta find out what's behind Bill's house. There's empty tiles back <laughs> there. There's something behind Bill's house. But yeah, I got, like, I way into that shit, too. So I was completely ensnared by Pokemon. I mean, I even talked about when I was printing out the entire goddamn Pokedex a few weeks ago. Horrible. So... This was the sort of terrible freak that I was at the time. Nowadays, Game freak. That's, see, they made it just for me. <laughs> this Pokemon hole, it's made just for me. I remember getting Electronic Gaming Monthly uh, and uh, reading about, I think it was Pokemon the movie, because there were like screenshots oh, God, of Mewtwo, yeah. and there was like, Mewtwo's a badass. And, uh, Mewtwo I get, talks, think, and he yeah. says, fuck. <laughs> He said he yeah. swears all the time. Mewtwo shows us dong. <laughs> that was a oh, weird direction God. for the franchise to take, but you know, it paid off in the long run. Yo, I heard Mewtwo murders Meowth in this movie. What the fuck? <laughs> he kills Pikachu right in front of Ash. It's the most hardcore thing you've ever seen. I never liked I remember the, the little... movie. <laughs> Ah, it's not that good. Remember the cool little card you got though for going to see the movie? They gave yeah. out the trading cards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw it multiple times so I could get all the cards. Like I think there was the, of course, the ancient Mew one, but I think they had like a Dragonite. I think they had something else. Yeah, um, like some sure. Pikachu. Yeah, but oh, the Happy Meal toys that came out at that time too, where they had like the Pokeballs and they had like the little gold card that was inside the Pokeball. I still have those. Yeah, but then they had, like, the regular Pokemon toys that came in the plastic ones, and then they had to recall that because, like, kids would stick yeah. it up to their mouth and suffocate. <laughs> yeah, they had the little <laughs> button on the Pokeball you could uh, press and pop it open. Yeah, all that stuff was cool. Now they make, like, uh, Pokeball replicas, but they cost 99 damn dollars because the market has changed such that a replica of that thing can be sold 
to absolute heathens who are willing to pay $100 for something. And I'm not better than this. I would not buy that specific thing, but I've absolutely blown that kind of money on other things like it. This is the sort of adults we all became. They they know who they're marketing to now. Um, look, I'm just saying those, uh, those new Ninja Turtle mech things look pretty good. They do look pretty good, Larry. And they have metal skeletons inside of them, which they absolutely do not need. No. And it just is there to drive up the cost. Yeah. But is it a cost we are willing to pay? Only time will tell. I mean, I'll probably uh, get a Donatello. I I really wanted those one six scale Ninja Turtle figures that they put out. Like they were they around one hundred fifty bucks, and there were there was a while where I was like, "Ooh, I kind of want these," and then I shied away from them because um, this was before I bought any of the hot toys. And I was still apprehensive about it. If they release those now, <laughs> before like, you fucking just game over, dude. Before you went full yeah. psycho. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but like going back to these games as an adult, they are the most boringest things in the world. They're oh, yeah. very much baby's first RPG. They're so hard to come back to. Um, I just found Pokemon boobs. Pokemon boobs. Pokemon ass. Those are the two. What's this wrong episode, with you? This, there's been so much... TNA in this episode that this is just where my mind is now going as we're nearing the end of it. Because uh, you won't shut up the... about Ralphie getting pegged. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Going back to Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, approaching these as an adult is very difficult for me. They're very boring, very dull games. Even that like Hey You Pikachu thing that they put out, or no, it's like Let's Go Pikachu. Hey, you Pikachu is a different thing. Um, that was also bad like even, for different reasons. Even that, yeah, like just super, super boring. Just an absolute slog to get through. And it's a shame because like I have a lot of like fond memories of playing this back in the day. And now I think that is all I should have. I don't want to ever pick up Pokemon Blue ever again for the rest of my life. I just feel like I will think worse and worse of it each time I go back to it. Yeah. Uh, Pokemon in general, I have a hard time approaching now. Like a lot of the games that they're putting out just do not look good at all to me. I think the Pokemon company forgot how to make video games, frankly. Um, we've talked about that stuff in the past, how that new one they're putting out, the uh, open world one, looks horribly framey and just ugly graphically. Yeah. Um, it's kind of empty and just devoid of anything going on. Uh, so Nintendo fans will eat that shit up. Because they loved Breath of the Wild, which was very similar. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm just at a point in my life where I'm done with Pokemon. Uh, one funny anecdote before I move on to the good games. Uh, when I was real little, uh, I didn't know what the female symbol meant. You know, the circle with like the cross yeah, underneath yeah. it. Uh, I just always saw it pop up in Rugrats on that one woman's like sweatshirt. And I remember like her character was more like masculine, more take charge and everything. And so kid me thought that symbol right. meant like tough. Was like, it this is uh, a tough... Angelica's mom? No, it was um oh, Phil and Lil's Lil mom. Lil and Phil's. Yeah. yeah. Their mom. So I just I always took that symbol as meaning like like tough. Like you're a tough guy. Like you're, <laughs> you know, alpha or something. And so when I was making my character, I put in my name and then that symbol. Because I was like, that means that like I'm I like I'm tough. I'm a tough Pokemon trainer. 
And so my cousin saw this and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know what that means? And so Pokemon was the first time I found out about gender symbols. I was going to say, this is maybe the start of (laughs) a lot of things for you. (laughs) Quite possibly. Anyway, I was George Female for that entire game. (laughs) Because by the time that he told me about it, I was probably like 10 or 12 hours in. Yeah. Uh, another another classic George bit is I somehow couldn't find the TM for Flash, and okay. so I thought that cave where everything was dark was just supposed to be that way, and that the challenge was like nudging your way through and figuring out what kind of weird pattern you okay. have to take to get out of it. Yeah. Or, so I beat that entire thing without Flash. Now like a I maniac. now I am remembering. I definitely had a Game Boy like fairly early. I think it was because of Pokemon that I got it because. I specifically remember riding in a car going through Mount Moon um, on a trip somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but I I know I had a Game Boy at that point, and it was pretty hard to see when riding in a car. <laughs> oh, God, I can imagine. Game Boy yeah, screen's Game Boy... not good until the SP, and even then, like that was maybe good by comparison, yeah. because if you try it now, oh, boy. Well, I mean, the, the Game Boy Color at least made things more visible than the original Game Boy in that regard. I think it's probably though, like, the opposite. Also... Because, like, with the I... original Game Boy, at least, like, you have contrast of just, like, the monochrome screen. Like, Game Boy I Color, suppose. you have a bunch of stuff that just kind of mashed together. Yeah. I mean, I had both. I had the original Brick Game Boy. I really didn't need a color. I just suckered my parents into getting me I... one back in the day. I think... So. I, I think that's what it was, maybe, that I had... Because I had an original Game Boy, but I think it was I was using the Super Game Boy because that had the added color stuff, even for games that weren't specifically Game Boy yeah. Color games. We had so the that, cool that like probably little it. overlays and stuff. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I specifically remember playing uh, the Hercules game on it and uh, the Page Master game because they had like Oof. specific like borders for the games. Yeah, uh, yeah. God, Game Boy games were rough. Just yeah. in general, a lot of yeah. them were not good, uh, except for Mario Land, which is a timeless classic. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Wario Land, though, played a lot of that. Yeah, Wario Land's good. Uh, I also played Pokemon Puzzle League. All right, Pokemon Puzzle League is okay. That's right. Uh, Pokemon. I think I bought your cart from you, right? Yes. So something's up with your cart. I'll well, tell you this because it's your problem. As is, I can't, I can't watch the intro FMV because the game will lock, yeah. and then I have to like shut the system off and yeah. So I don't know what happens in that. I don't know, I don't know. why Ash is in the Pokemon Puzzle League, uh, but there are a lot of good FMV bits in this. It is based around the cartoon that was hugely popular at the time. I, by the uh, way, this is like a. I wonder, uh-huh. like, I'm not sure what it is that causes that issue, but I wonder if it's it's like some specific chip. In that cart, like on the board, died because, like, that's yeah. that and Resident Evil 2, I think, are the only games for the 64 that had FMV. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the other games that I have if any of them have FMV in them. I think, like, that's the whole thing is that Resident Evil 2 was like it was so hard to get the oh, FMV yeah. on there, and I think, yeah, like, Pokemon Puzzle League is the only other one, and that was just for the intro, it yeah. wasn't throughout Still... it, like RE2. Still a testament to how good those programmers were that they managed to get all of RE2 onto a single cart when that was oh, yeah. a two-disc game. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Like, I know audio took a hit, 
in a pretty big way, but still it's a feat. It, it does, but do also that. like I think the game looks better. I know we've gone over this before, yeah. but I think the 64 version is better. Yeah. All the hits on this episode of the podcast. <laughs> it's bringing up all the amount of times I've said I know I've talked about this before. Um yeah, so Pokemon Puzzle League is like a uh, it's Tetris Attack basically, right? Yeah. I never played the original Tetris Attack. Yeah, it's just so. Tetris Attack. Yeah. Which was not well, originally called review. Tetris Attack. Uh huh. I don't remember what it was called, but oh. it was just renamed Tetris Attack here, despite having a no relation to Tetris whatsoever. Yeah. Well, that's my review of Pokemon Puzzle League. It's just Tetris Attack. So you played that? You played Pokemon Puzzle League, you dummy. Actually, Pokemon, Pokemon Puzzle League though. has a yeah. Pokemon Puzzle League does have that one good mode where like it's being played on a cylinder. So you have to constantly be spinning it around and like trying to manage what is essentially like two or three Tetris boards at the same time. Like that's a pretty good mode. Panel uh, but de my... is the original title, by the way. That's yeah, that's right. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, but like talk about associating video games with like certain other things, which is something that has also come up quite a bit on this podcast. But uh, I played this back when I was getting way into Art Bell. So I have a lot of just like Pokemon Puzzle League is now synonymous with that dude who found like the obsidian alien ship in the forest oh, and brought the alien home with him and was getting like violently ill. Yeah, he's getting ill from like his contact with the alien. Like sometimes the alien would just show up and like the alien was a psychic and he'd be like, how you doing? And he'd be like, oh, hi. And then the alien would disappear. Or he would. Yeah, he would just appear in a corner of a room and watch him for a while and then leave. <laughs> yeah. He'd walk so through that's... walls. All Pokemon Puzzle League is for me is just that Art Bell episode now going on in the background. <laughs> um, similar to how, like, Donkey Kong 64, I was listening to the Mel's Hole thing, and so there's just a lot of Donkey Kong 64 that's me thinking about Mel's Hole. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I first started watching or uh, listening to Loveline, it was while playing World of Warcraft, like, back in the day. Uh, and so, like, a lot of that is associated with it for me. Though recently I have been listening to Art Bell while playing it now on Classic. Uh, specifically, the last one I listened to is some weirdo ranting about pet food. Uh, and how there are actually pets in the pet food. They take them to a rendering plant. And then yeah, it's parts of... pet food. Yeah, I know. It's, it's not a surprise, but it seemed to be for her. And it's great because Art, who has these shows about all the weirdest stuff... That you could think of he's like now this is going to be very distressing to our listeners i advise you that if you are weak of heart or mind to change the channel i i'm giving you this warning and i will be every segment when we come back from commercial and it's just like <laughs> big whoop dude <laughs> they melt the dogs down and put them in food who cares yeah do you even know how glue is made come on yeah yeah i I need to get back into listening to some Art Bell while playing these games. The open lines episodes are among the best. You get the cream of the crop of freaks. And then you get a lot of like, one of my favorite Art Bell episodes is like time travelers yes. calling in. And so it's an open lines episode, but Art changes gear. And he's just like, I'm going to set up a line just for time travelers. I only want time travelers tonight. I want to talk to time travelers. And then he gets mad at he... them when they call and don't have something about time travel. I, I told you, sir, exactly. this line <laughs> is for time travelers only. <laughs> you want the first caller's line. Yeah. But you're not going to be West... taking any calls from tonight. I want just time travelers. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Oh, God. Arbel is great. Arbel is 
some that and Loveline are perfect. Like uh, if you've got a video game that does not really require you to listen to anything, put those on. They're yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's Pokemon Puzzle League. Like really, any puzzle game I I think is great for just listening to like old radio shows and podcasts. So, yep. um, that takes us to our final one, Pokemon Snap. Hey, it's fant. It's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Every time I put it back in and I get that little welcome back, like it makes me feel like warm inside and good. And I like it. And like, this is more than the other two with a game that absolutely holds up today to the point that it is weird that they did not keep making Pokemon snaps. And also I think it's a good thing. They did not like, yeah, I, I think kind of my yardstick for this stuff of like games that, really blew up on the Nintendo 64 but then did not get like sequels or just like in general on Nintendo consoles you know they they'll release something it's great everyone likes it they want more of it Nintendo refuses to do it and to some extent you wonder why they just won't go back to that well like why is there not another F0 why is it this hard for them to put out a Metroid but then you see shit like Super Smash Brothers and it's like oh maybe it's good that they stopped making these like, yeah. maybe it's good they only did one Pokemon Snap and that we didn't get one on the Wii. Because, like, yeah. that would have probably been terrible. Eh, that's actually one I could see working well for the Wii, actually. Uh, or the Wii U. Uh, like, you know, move move the Wii Pad around like a camera. Yeah, Wii, the Wii Pad, I think, would have been, like, an ideal way to play something like that. But, but still, like, Pokemon Snap is such a good game for what it is. There doesn't need to be another Pokemon Snap. I know that they are putting one out now. And I hope that it's as good as the original, but I kind of doubt it. Well, you'll find like part out. of the party of the the original for me. What makes that so special is just what it was at that time. Being able to go into a blockbuster and print out pictures of your Pokemon at these gigantic booths, mm-hmm. and just hearing like low quality clips of Professor Oak talking to you. <laughs> yeah, you just you're not going to get that stuff anymore. Even if they do a new one, so if you load up new Pokemon Snap and Professor Oaks, there he's just like, "Welcome, go go get oh, some no. pictures for me." It's me, Doctor Oak. <laughs> I need you me, to take Professor pictures Oak. of the Pokemans. Well, I can't call myself yeah, but... Professor Oak anymore. I lost my license. It's a long story, <laughs> you know. Cops I said some things up. about COVID on the internet, and then they put me in Facebook jail. Also, I, you know, I gotta go around to everybody in the neighborhood and tell them when I move in. Oh, no. It's, it's kind of, it's a bum rap, you know. I was peeing outside a bar and they picked me up and it was I a whole thing. I got into pictures of a different variety, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I need pervert. you to go out there with this telescopic lens and take some pictures for me. Hey, kid, you ever seen Stay. the movie Rear Window? <laughs> If you take them on the street, it's legal. It's their own fault that they leave the coitons open. Technically, you know, you're a public figure at that point. Oh, Professor Oak just rummaging through people's trash cans. It's out on the street. It's fine. It's on public property now. This is what you call uh, being a freegan, I think they say. If it's on public property, then it's anybody's business. It's fine, it's in these trash bags. You know, it's sealed, it's hermetically <laughs> sealed. No germs can get in. 
This is all like the middle of the night. You see Professor Oak like <laughs> wheeling two trash cans down the middle of the street that are not his. Yeah, sure. Oh no, like Professor human... Oak's falling on some hard times. He's a human raccoon at this point. <laughs> well, that's why Professor Oak is not in the new Pokemon Snap game. What? This is established canon. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's some other fucking professor. You're actually, like, solving a mystery in it as opposed to the original Pokemon Snap where there's not really any plot other than just Professor Oak wants some pictures of Pokemon. Bring me um, pictures. Pictures of Pokemon. Hell yes. Uh, get, on the, get in this little car. It's not been tested. I'm not sure if it's safe. Just get in there, take some pictures of Pokemon. It only goes on this little route that takes about two minutes. Yeah. Uh... I like that. So this is another cart that I bought from you, and the name on the save file is Larry, but it's spelled like Luke. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. just every time I played, I played this with a friend, and we both like were in hysterics because like Professor Oak will say things like "Welcome back, Larry." Larry. <laughs> so. We could have made a new save, but I did not want to do that. I maintained the Larry save, and I completed your save file on this. Good, thank you. I took a I took a picture of every single Pokemon, so the Pokedex in, in that card is now complete. Cool. Uh, I got some real good pictures of Meowth. I'll, I'll, I'll share them with you later. I don't want your pictures of Meowth. Oh, you don't want these pictures of Meowth. No, I don't. I don't want any pictures of Meowth, it's... little creep. Give me pictures of Jesse. Meowth getting pegged. <laughs> um, Left, what is there to say about Pokemon Snap? You throw pester balls at Pokemon. They don't like it, but it's fun. Pester ball is a these... great phrase, by the way. It is, yeah. Throw the pester ball at the Pikachu and you make him dizzy, and then you take a picture of the dizzy Pikachu, and Professor Oak thinks it's wonderful. Uh, you were it's abusing great, like, these Pokemon. Yeah, like the pester ball. It's a it's a double assault. First of all, you're conking them on the head with a ball. Yeah. Second, it sprays gas at them. It's just it's great all well, around. It's great because up to that point, you just got the apple, and you could just bean Pokemon yeah. in the face with apples, which is it's a hard fruit, man. It hurts. Yeah. yeah. And then Professor Oak's just like, "Hey, I saw you beaning Pokemon out there with an apple. Think you might like this." <laughs> And then hands you over the pester balls. It's time for an upgrade. Yeah. He's like the Pokemon cue Snap is of giving you things to throw at Pokemon's head. Yeah. It's... Pokemon, like, their water Pokemon jump up out of the waves, and you can hit them with items and knock them onto land where they will surely die yeah. or be consumed by other Pokemon. Sure. Like, this whole game is you being an absolute dick to wildlife yeah, it's about and then taking pictures of your nature. crimes. Yeah. Yeah. And not only are you taking pictures of your crimes, you have this fucking enabler back in his lab who is, like, giving you praise and validation for all the horrible shit that you're doing to the ecosystem. Yeah, like, lure the uh, Charmander over here to start a forest fire and then take a picture, show it to Oak, and he'll say it's wonderful. You knock a Charmeleon into hot lava. Yeah. And it will turn him into a Charizard. But here's the thing. You had no idea that's what that would do. You thought you were murdering a Charmeleon. Yeah. You did this for fun, and it kind of worked out for you, and you're just like, I guess I'm not a murderer now, but I would have been cool with it if I was. 
also actually aren't they all like artificial habitats isn't that the point oh that's even more fucked up yeah yeah they're Why like would he a, need you to go experiment through of... like uh bio biodome it's biodome basically Polly shores in there you mm-hmm. throw a pester ball at him I'm going to throw a pester ball at this charmeleon, and if something happens, so what? <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is a fun, quaint little game. It is something I can easily come back to and just screw around in for a little bit. Like, there are a precious few numbers of games that hold up on the Nintendo 64. I feel Pokemon Snap is definitely one of them. Okay. And it is it is a small miracle that of the four no five Pokemon games that came out for the N sixty four, at least one of them holds up. Because it's definitely not the stadium games. And it's, it's definitely not, not Hey, you, hey Pikachu. you Pikachu. No. Hey you Pikachu uh, was the, like, the, what if Seaman worked even less? It is the bot colony of its time. Yeah. Pick up the pepper grinder. Uh, <laughs> Pikachu talking in a, robo- a robotic voice. Describing what a pepper grinder is and not picking it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Pokemon Puzzle League is like decent, but again, it's just a uh, it's Tetris Attack. So you know, it's a solid game. They made a good Tetris Attack for the N sixty four. There's not much to say about it. Um, so if I had to rank these as Art Bell episodes, okay, uh, Pokemon Snap would be Mel's Hole. It's a classic. Yeah. Everybody like that is the one that you would go to to get somebody into Art Bell. Like it just is. It it holds up. Is terrific. It's got everything that you would want from a good episode of Art Bell, just like uh, Pokemon Snap is everything that you would want from a good Pokemon game at that time. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League, that's your standard open lines night. You know, it, it's you kind of don't know what to expect, but you also know what to expect from. Yeah, you're gonna get what um, you're gonna get. Yeah, Pokemon Blue though uh, is not even an episode of Art Bell. It's you turn the fucking radio on and it's like. Art Bell's out for the night, so he has some asshole subbing for him. Oh, and that other like, guy. Oh, this... Yeah, I'm turning this off, and I'm going to bed. It is a complete waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, that other dude who, like, I think he just hosts the show now. Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon Pokemon Blue would be like, um, if you got that show, but also one of the other AM radio stations kind of bleeds in, so every once in a oh, while you get yeah. uh, Mark Levin, like, just kind of yeah. fading in and out. I, all right, I know we're one-upping each other's analogies, but I think I okay. found the one. You have it pre-programmed on your car stereo, but you hit the button that night, and it's nothing but static, and you start to worry about whether that station number is now off the air. Okay. It's just nothing. It's just white noise. And that's all you have for the rest of your car ride, because what are you going to do? Turn on NPR? You're not a pansy. <laughs> okay. Come on. I gotta listen to Ira Glass talk about how his dog will die if it doesn't have like perfectly pH balanced food or whatever it is. Yeah, the water has got to be filtered. My dog only mm. drinks distilled water. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my dog having fluoride. Come on. So. Yeah, that's the podcast. <laughs> good, good ending. Really stuck the landing on that one. Say yeah, you were supposed to say the line to end it. Oh right. Uh goodbye dinosaurs. Goodbye.